This show is part of the Head Stuff Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to That's Bangin', the food and drink podcast of Ireland. Where we talk to some of the brightest culinary minds in the country, as well as some people who are just passionate about their food and drink. You'll hear all about what it takes to get a Michelin star above the door, as well as tales of the adventure around some of the best places on our wonderful island. All of this while we fill you in on the latest foodie happenings around the country and tell you what great bits Chris and I have been eating recently. In association with local, fresh and tasty beer, Hop House 13, made with more hops for more taste and more character. And please remember to always drink responsibly. I'm Chris Mellon and I'm delighted to be back in the Headstuff studio with my co-host, chef, DJ, publican, the man with the voice like milk chocolate, Mr. Marcus O'Leary. How are you, bro? Oh, it is so good to be back in this wonderful studio, especially in the middle of a heat wave. The studio is really well air-conditioned. I mean, I'm just going to put that out right now. <laughs> if you have seen Chris and I on Instagram, neither of us are built for hot weather, okay? <laughs> just very politely kind of rounding that out. Yeah. And to sit in a, in a cool room talking about food, this is heavenly right now. How are you, man? How you been? I'm, I'm good, I'm good. You're talking about none of us are built for this weather at the moment. Like, uh, the picture I sent you this morning is very evident to that. I am like, I am burnt badly, I very don't badly. Know, for, for anybody listening from Ireland, if you've ever had a drumstick lollipop, right? Where it, was the, these, um, they, it was basically a lollipop that had this incredible definition between a red side or pink side of the lolly and then a kind of a, a fleshy white side. You call me a snack? Yeah. <laughs> can, I, can I weigh on in this? I, I got this picture sent to me this morning and it was like, <laughs> oh my sweet lord oh, well, do, you know what, I'll, oh. do you know what it's, it's pretty embarrassing but I'll throw it up on the Let's Bang on Instagram so you why not you need to yes. you'll see it up there soon but uh, you, know, you might have heard a little sneak peek for our guest there we'll, we'll come back to that now in a second <laughs> but uh, yeah Marcus it's great to be back and uh, I know we like to start off about what we've been up to and what we've been eating so t- take it away man what, what, have, what have you been doing actually I know what you've been up to I actually I couldn't think of what I've been eating there recently when I was just kind of talking about this for a second so let me say somewhere I've been recently and uh, you are the creator of this. Tell me about Downtown Dublin. Downtown is something um, that I kind of began talking about at the end of season one. Yeah. Um, where I was talking about, you know, maybe creating a food market in Dublin. Well, since then, it's turned into a very active food market in Dublin. Eight, uh, eight different vendors, everything from really authentic Brazilian churrasco barbecue to Sicilian cannoli to steakhouse level, um, like steak tartare, oysters, uh, Ethiopian food, really authentic Mexican food, of course. The Sambulance Ambulance, the Sambo Ambo, they're churning out life-saving Sambos. Um, so I've been eating a lot of stuff in yeah, there. You've like, been having fun. I've the been deal, having fun. The old taster or curator, what? I had some, uh, <laughs> some grilled beef heart with Roscoff onions the other day. Mm. That was pretty savage. Had a... Had some uh, oysters Rockefeller done on the Jasper. Yeah, oh yeah, um, I still haven't been in to try, uh, try out Hanger yet. I was down the other day, I, I was in with uh, El Fedi there in Chow Cannoli, and his selection there is pretty, pretty sexy now. It's incredible, like an espresso martini cannoli. The, the pistachio cannoli is actually like one of the nice cannolis I've ever tasted in my if life. If he hears you say pistachio as an Italian, he's like, pistachio! No, pistachio! <laughs> pistachio! <laughs> yeah. Silencio Bruno! <laughs> Apologies to our, our, our friend Fedi. But uh, yeah, downtown's been amazing. I still haven't tried out Gersha, which I'm actually really freaked about. Like the Ethiopian, it just looks such good gear, like proper the order. Ethiopian food is incredible. And I think that at the moment, you're seeing this incre- this beautiful increase in diversity in food in Ireland and in Dublin. And I think like places like Gersha are really leading that. You know, it's really authentic. All the chefs are Ethiopian. It's run by people of Ethiopian extraction. It's not in any way kind of like catered towards you know the Irish palate it's actually just 
good and yeah. solid and authentic and it's it's amazing food like it really is unlike anything you can have anywhere in Ireland like it's really shout out to Mel and all the crew in Gersha what they're doing there is really special and they have a cult following already yeah like yeah. really genuinely yeah they were amazing. doing pop ups like they knew they done a pop up in Cloud Cafe there in the Strand and they were up in Fisborough as well at one stage yeah. before they got there so they, they've been it. kind of around for a while and I've seen their bookings come out and they just get booked up straight away weeks in advance they were just like Friday or Saturday I evening couldn't get clubs. a table for and it's amazing amazing, it's amazing. amazing. That we just it. love it yeah. mm. love to see I know our guest here is dying to get in so we ah! <laughs> <laughs> so You're talking give, my language, lads. We'll give him a little introduction. <laughs> so, we, uh, so this is the beginning of season two, and we wanted to kick it off with someone who people really love, and someone who that we really love, and someone we just Too couldn't kind. get in. We just we couldn't get them in for season one for a number of different reasons. But here we go. This week's guest is someone who has trained under some of the biggest names in the game. After spending time abroad honing his craft, he returned to Ireland and landed the head chef position at one of the nation's most famous restaurants. Over the last year, he's became everyone's favourite Instagram chef with his at-home cooking series, Cabin Fever Classics. Delighted to finally be able to say this, Eric Matthews. Welcome to That's Banging. Yes! Yes! Lads, how's Eric, it going? What's going on, Eric? My Good God. to see you, brother. Yes. We wanted to do this last time, but obviously, as you said, for so many different reasons. Ah. It was just like, my God, like ships in the night. Yeah, yeah. But Eric. we're happy to have you now for episode. Yes. Episode one, season yes. two. You know, we have. Yeah. I'm delighted to be here, lads. Thanks very much yeah. for inviting me. And yes, you both have uh, voices, love angels, lads. It's absolutely <laughs> magnificent. But you know, I think one of the last times, Eric, you and I saw each other properly, outside of maybe having a pint on the street, yeah. is when we were doing the food for Thought Box. Oh, yeah. And it was yourself, myself, and our mutual great friend, Sean, Sean Massey. Sean Massey, yes. Crammed into a tiny basement kitchen. Yes, banging out. I think it was like a hundred Pativiers. Why did I decide to do Pativiers? But you know what? They're delicious, They're and delicious. it was for an amazing cause. And actually, uh, Dan Hannigan, who is also a little sexy beast, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> kudos to him. He's amazing, and it's a great idea. You know, uh, I've been involved with it twice now myself. I know yeah. you have as well. We've, it's one of those things that if he does it again, I'd be there in a heartbeat. Oh, absolutely, brilliant, it's an amazing cause. Yeah. Really. Shout out to Dan. He's, uh, he was talking to him the other day about the next one coming up and really exciting stuff. He's do, yeah. he's raised some serious. He's doing a food truck thing or something. He's, do, he's doing a food truck thing possibly. So uh, yeah. yeah, and the money that they've raised over the last I don't know oh, two, yeah. over north of seventy k. It's incredible. Yes, it is incredible. incredible. Is turning think, the tide of suicide. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And think, we, think about all the people who've been involved in it. Like, yeah. literally everybody in Ireland. Mm-hmm. And I hope, I hope that maybe one day we can do like a big, like massive one with like twenty chefs, and we just really go incredible. for it. Be cool, yeah. isn't it? But you know what? Okay, kind of moving away from that, Eric. Um, you have had a hell of a year, like a yeah. hell of a year. Um, or the hell of an 18 months you know you it's look been back crazy I got engaged uh, as well so I'm delighted congratulations yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. and you were mentioned Cabin Fever Classics that's really that's the brainchild of my fiance Kira. if I'm honest with oh, you oh well she, absolutely we have to give a big shout out to Kira for her not just her her talent but her absolute patience <laughs> you know she'd, she'd finish work at you know yeah, at 7 o'clock she's done and then all of a sudden I'm there going can we start filming now? Will we yeah. do the thing? Can we do the thing that we talked about? Okay, what so she brings to it as well with the dynamic, the back and forth yeah. between you, is yeah. I think that, that's one of the most enter- entertaining parts of it. Yeah. And it's natural, you know. I mean, she genuinely loves doing it. It's great fun and loves taking the absolute make out of me. And I think that's why, <laughs> it's, that's why it's so fun. I think, you know, through that, we've gotten to know Eric the man, right? And especially, yeah. but what I want to kind of start this interview with, first episode of season two, is Eric the boy. The boy. Right? Boy. Literally the child. Like I was a boy and I, now I'm a man. I, I want to know the, the Anakin Skywalker to your Darth Vader, right? I want like oh, I thought you're gonna go, I thought you were gonna go Nightman, Dayman route <laughs> yeah. here. I just want to know where it started for you. Like what was your moment where, you know, you decided that you do, loved cooking and loved food? Do you know what? It's it is funny, right? So I actually wanted to be a chef. Or sorry, uh, a pilot. I am a chef. I wanted to be a chef. No, I wanted to be a pilot, funny enough. Really? Yeah, yeah. I was doing flying lessons and all sorts of stuff. No my, fir- my first yeah. job was in, was in Arnott's, in the, the bargain basement of all places. It was right. 
probably, you know, after being a chef for many years, I think that was one of the hardest jobs I ever did. <laughs> it was still just, a high-pressure basement, oh, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, no, but it was good. And, I, and I, um, yeah, so then I, I kind of said, look, I want to be a pilot. Saved all my money, you know, did my hours. I think I'd logged about 12 or 11 hours, which doesn't sound impressive enough, but with Ireland, like, that's maybe 20, 30 lessons. So anyway, so I was doing that, really happy. And then when I was leaving school, uh, Erlingus had a cadetship programme where you could basically go straight in. You wouldn't have to, like, pay... You know, all the crazy money, which it is. Um, and then they stopped at the year, oh yeah, let's go. So I'm like, damn. So anyway, so my first year uh, I left school, I was doing economics and Spanish in DCU. Mm-hmm. And like my brother and my mother, they'd be very kind of like finances and all that kind of, they love all that kind go of stuff. Go to school, Eric. Oh, they love it, they love that mm. stuff. So uh, I was bored off my mind, you know, translating Don Quixote into English and I got to like, <laughs> you know, I think I did like my uh, law and accounting in Spanish. So I was like, oh my God. So yeah, my brother then says to me, look, you know, you're, I was always cooking. To be honest with you, I was a bit of a chunky monkey when I was about maybe 14, 15. Like, right. I was a big guy. I was like a loose head prop. I was, <laughs> I was big. Oh boy. Oh boy. Oh boy. He's thick boy. Yeah, I was, a, I was a thick lad. Yeah. So, so, and I was always cooking. And I remember even we went like, we went on like our after school holiday to, you know, Grand Canary with the lads and like everybody's absolutely hanging off their fucking whatever. And I'd be getting up in the morning cooking for everybody. And they're like, what are you doing? And I just, it was just one of those things. It was always, anytime Kirill h- kill me when I say this, if I was having a date, I'd always cook. If I was yeah. meeting friends, I'd always cook. It was just, it was just in my brain that I'm going to do the cooking. Was this like how loads of great musicians started off, like say playing guitar because they figured out that yeah. if they played guitar they if and on a date, Absolutely. Like, it'd yeah. go a bit better. It'd go better. Or like, it yeah. was just Play your strongest hand. Just do, yeah, <laughs> just do what you can do. And yeah, and I, I love food, obviously. I love food, I love wine, I love hospitality. I just love meeting people. But do you, like, are your, is your, is your family foodie? Do you have a foodie link? Or did Not, they... well, kind of. My, my father's dad actually wanted to be a chef. Um, so my grandfather, probably like when he was about 10 or 11. Mm-hmm. And uh, my great-grandmother basically told him, no, you're not being a chef. It's a horrible life. You know, you know, blah, 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 blah. And I suppose back then it probably was. I mean, it's completely different now. Look, there is obviously pockets of, you know, kind of stuff where people get shouted at. But generally, that's gone. Like, yeah. It is kind of gone. But like, you know, I think people want to come into the industry because it's fun. You know, meeting people like yourselves who mm-hmm. love talking about food kind of crap if you're into food and you become a chef and you're like well this is miserable yeah. <laughs> like, so we try to make it as you know enjoyable as as possible yeah. so anyway yeah so to go back to that so my brother says to me DIT there's a culinary arts degree you know you should mm. think about doing that and uh, it's four years had a look you get to travel the world so I said feck it I'll do that I yeah. went in my, my lecturer Martin McAnumbra my first week says where are you working mm-hmm. I said I'm in Arnott's he says right leave your job I'll get you I actually got me got me a job in the Clarence Oh, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. so okay. week two remember with the tea room back in the day yeah like it was a very glamorous room back in the day and it was uh, it was a chef called Fred Cordonier and I went in to meet him and I remember watching standing on the pass my first day I think I was 18 shitting myself pardon my mm. French like really like oh my god this is like a real kitchen yeah. middle of service standing on the pass screaming shouting the energy it was just I was addicted like that really yeah, I yeah, loved yeah. It. it was amazing yeah it is kind of looking in this uh, this human whirlpool. Like I remember, yeah. I remember the first job I ever got was in the Canal Bank Cafe. Oh yeah, just as a waiter. Yeah. Um, I got fired after like three days. <laughs> I, I dropped a um, I dropped a full tray of water glasses on a German diplomat. But oh anyway, God. Um, but I remember, yeah, this thing that, like standing in the kitchen like nervously at like fourteen fifteen, just watching this like you know, yeah, it's kind of like kind of going back to what Bourdain says about like you know 
being in kitchens for the first time seeing this like mob of pirates it is like literally like you don't know anything different as a kid you're no, just you looking don't. at this being like what is this yeah I mean what? look you know and it's lucky I'm lucky in my career that I've got to travel around and see different places you know from three star to one star to, to feckin' I was I was the head chef of a cafe in Bondi for about three months. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like wearing, I remember I was like wearing t-shirts and shorts and flip-flops in the kitchen. It was completely different to like everything else. But when you see the spectrum of different kitchens, once you find a kitchen where you a you love the food, like the fat duck is. I wasn't employed there; I was just a stagiaire. But I was there for long enough that you know you saw everything. I just couldn't get over the fact that it was so nearly relaxed but 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 so systematic that everything was just perfect all the time. Nobody yeah. shouted. Everybody listened to music. Yeah, it was just a different world. I'm like, yes, that's what a kitchen should be. Everybody yeah. got looked after. So oh. you're talking about the fat duck there. You're talking about like you know your travels around the world, learning yeah. your trade. So like you know, talk us about Heston. Talk us about where else were, where else did Der- Eric learn his trade around the world? Well, I'm very lucky that um, when I when I left college. So obviously when I was in college, you know, you kind of I was in the I was in the, the Clarence. I was lucky enough to go to Gibos. I went to Le Cravan and all that kind of stuff. And and it's fun. But when you're in college, you know. I was trying to learn every single thing I could. So I actually, when I was going to the Fat Duck, you know, they they, pay, they don't pay you. They don't pay for your accommodation. They pay mm. for nothing. So you're basically on your own dime. So I took a job in a butcher shop, a job in a wine merchant, and I was working in Lecker Van. So I was just trying to suck up every single bit of info, knowledge, yeah, everything yeah, about yeah. the industry I could. So then after that, I went to the Fat Duck. Obviously, really, really fun. <clears throat> And then I came back to Dublin and actually I went to uh, Le Gulaton. I love Le Gulaton. I know we've yeah. all talked about this. Yeah. I know with Fade Street is like, it's like the Bermuda Triangle. <laughs> it's just everybody gets stuck in and lost. But yeah, Le Gulaton always had this kind of, I don't know, nostalgia to me that I loved it. It was, you know, the plates could have been a bit chipped or, you know, the, the chairs and the, uh, and the tables are a bit, you know, they're grand. But it's just, it's when you go in there, it, that's to me is a great restaurant. I feel it. The atmosphere, the food. I, I feel that there's something really magic about Le Goulis, Le Gulaton. Oh, and like so really... Goolies, exactly. I, I yeah. think, but you know, I think that it is this that it's like, obviously, you know, we all love our fine dining, we love yeah. our refined plating, we love our beautiful crockery, silverware, amazing service. Le Guillotin to me is this restaurant that you could eat there five days a week. Yeah, you could. You could have almost the same thing every day and you'd still love it. And because of that, it's one of the only restaurants, I think, in Ireland that has this European feel, yeah. that has this place where it's not necessarily an event to eat there. It's a functional societal place. It's a way of life. It's It's a vibe. (laughs) No, it is. No, like, as much as that sounds like a piss take, it actually is. And I think, you know, the place needs to get the credit that it's due. Yeah. That it's just, you can go there dancing until 3 a.m., neck and Aperol spritz and having a great time. You can go for an early lunch. You can go for a great dinner with your aunt who's a little bit conservative about food. She will find something that she loves. You can bring a date there. You can, like, you can literally... And do you know what? Yeah. Do you know the other thing is like, like let's be honest. You know, maybe it doesn't get the credit it deserves, but like, it's probably as consistent a restaurant as like, yeah. like you know, Gibos or like it's you know, mm-hmm. it's just it's a restaurant that when I go and I order the steak, Cafe de Paris, and all that, it has been the same for yeah. fifteen years. Yeah. yeah. Like that says a lot. That says yeah. a hell of a lot. And like for us, it's like we're using obviously Le Guillotin as an example of a restaurant that creates that kind of. Uh, thing where you, you want to go there with your family like my, actually my brother is flying in from America tomorrow mm. so obviously they've uh, you know you can, you can come in and you don't have to quarantine he's completely vaccinated so we're at that point now we're like oh my god I haven't seen him in nearly two years this is amazing and where are we going to go yeah we're going to go to La Gulletan sit outside or have a steak mm. and uh, it just creates a memory for us so you kind of you went you started in the Clarence yeah then yes, you were yes, travelling yes, around yes 
And then you were in Legilton for quite some time. I was there you? for a year, actually, right? Were you, were you heading there? No, jeez, no. I remember going in to meet Warren Massey, who's actually Sean's yeah. Uh, yeah, cousin. Um, Warren Warren is an amazing chef as well. Warren, uh, you know, he was Gibo's trained. Like for me, there's there's not many old school cooks who just they know the classics, they know how to make the right sauce, how to do it properly. And Warren's one of those guys. You know, the guy could cook with his eyes closed. So I went in to have the interview with Warren, uh, and he's kind of looking at the CV. You know, he's you know that kind of mission stuff. He's he knows the the trajectory of someone he's he wants to go down yeah. that because not everybody wants to do it. Mm. So I I came in and had the interview, and Warren's going like. You want to you want to work here? Like, I was like, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I said, look, that's a busy grill. I want to learn how to cook meat. Yeah, yeah. You know, they want just you do two hundred and seventy people on a Saturday night. Yeah, I want to do that. You know, he's so used to it. when you're when you're training. You know, because I know you've had so so many amazing guests on this podcast already. You know, you, they're all we're all so used to like the seventy covers and like really disciplined and everything is the same and perfect and that's you know, a different environment it completely. is a different environment because you know it's it's you you try not to cook by instinct when you're cooking at that level you're cooking by like systems and place and training and the right quality ingredients and and that's what builds that kind of mission kind of star kind mm. of quality mm. but when it comes to places like that it's rock and roll it really is just like have 25 steaks on there i have a clue which one is medium rare i'm just gonna <laughs> like you're feeling everything and you're touching it and that's what a chef should be and like Marcus would be like that as well yeah. instinct how do you cook by touch you know yeah. but yeah. that's quite fascinating I, I've watched you a few times mm-hmm. on Camp Hero Classics and you're showing people you know the, you, you explain it better than me but the, the thumb the thumb yeah, yeah. checking the meat mm. well it's like you know it's I, I won't pretend I invented it but it's a great <laughs> system you know you, 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 you touch the, the fattest part of your hand mm-hmm. and you know your, your index finger your middle finger and as you go along to your baby finger I mean you do it here lads mm. you feel it how tight it is yeah, yeah. so that's your medium well well done and then here mm-hmm. where it's really relaxed is your rare, medium rare. It's not rocket science. Do you know, s- straight up, the, the thing where you put the, the hairpin in the cork. Oh, for, yeah. I did that in my girlfriend's house cooking a rib of beef. <laughs> and I swear to God, they looked at me as if I was a witch doctor. And I just put out <laughs> some incantation to be like... Gone, woo, woo, woo. Genuinely. But you know, the thing is, I had never done it either. Uh, so like I was holding this thing against my lip and just going Eric you mad genius <laughs> bastard we'll have like, to throw these up on the last bang Instagram page yeah. it, no but it is it's really handy and it's a low tech way of cooking because like let's be honest you know people are a bit they, I say people I'm not generalising but you know anybody who's getting into food and cooking you know it's an exciting time you don't even really know what you're doing it's great yeah. so when you learn these little kind of techniques that professional chefs use mm-hmm. it's kind of great to go actually genie mac that works yeah you do this your, what's our body temperature? Thirty six point two. Yeah, we all know this because of all the yeah, COVID yeah, yeah. All the So when you kind of do this, and it's you know, it's it's the same temperature as your lip. You can you know, well actually that's at about thirty six. And yeah. you, whatever you're cooking, yeah. Once you get into it, it's gas. Like my missus does it now, and she's like, bastard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So obviously, Cabin Fever Classics um, has brought so much light to you in the last year. Like yeah. really, uh, as you said earlier in the episode, it is. Kira's kind of yeah. it's the two of you coming together yeah, yeah. I, so I, I know Kira donkeys of like, course you do, yeah. I, I, I used to do jobs with Kira uh, when she used to work for the LA makeup that's right yeah, yeah, yeah she LA used to book me to MC above, things above uh, the corkscrew yeah yeah above the yeah, corkscrew yeah, yeah, yeah. so like it's kind of looking at her marketing brain yeah. how in lockdown have has she been cooking have you kind of how has the dynamic like who's the head chef in that house like let's let's I, I, you know <laughs> I, I have to go home to Kira so I don't want to offend 
but she she wouldn't be big. She wouldn't be a big cook. She wouldn't, yeah. be, she wouldn't be into the cooking part, and that's fine. You know, Kira does her own different things. We mm-hmm. all have our strengths and our weaknesses. We she actually did an episode. Her episode was great. She fucking excuse my language. She nailed it. She nailed it. She, she really, really did. did. And I wasn't just like being kind of like, well done, babe. That's great. Mm-hmm. Banging, it really was. It was delicious. a pasta dish, wasn't it? Yeah, she did like a, you know, and you go to Bologna, there's like two dishes. The idea was, you know, everybody knows your ragu alla bolognese, yeah. and, you know, the meat gravy. Yeah. But actually, I think apparently, I could be wrong when, when I say this, the second most famous pasta in Bologna is the pasta con salchice, the, the sausage pasta yeah. with like yeah. cream and all that. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. coming back to me now. She had those Whopper Tuscan sausages oh from, um, that they get them you in Tunesbridge. Yeah, 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 yeah. Unbelievable. They're oh, like, man. I always have a pack of them in my fridge. I actually like, have a pack in the fridge, I just <laughs> realized that yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, and they're like such a little uh, shout out to Toonsbridge by the way Yeah, that shop is unbelievable yeah, and yeah, yeah. genuinely what they've like bringing this little corner of West Cork up to oh, Dublin yeah. and yeah. like no really and, and, and you know it's not just about it's, it's about the feeling when you go in there they're great they really like they care and even when like I'm cooking I'd say like you know I'm doing this or I'm doing that they're really like you should try this you should yeah. try that I mean that's a great shop mm-hmm. that's great that's yeah. brilliant and they have, a, they have so much different stuff going yeah, on like, yeah. I always leave it a basket full of like the most random stuff ever Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, that's a good thing about it. like if you're into cooking and you're just getting in, you know you you're don't really know what to do go into people who do know mm. who've mm-hmm. got the goods all, and you know most of their uh, products are Irish as well which yeah. is even more important yeah. obviously not everything but it's, if you can go in and just try Irish products yeah. even if some of them don't work they might work with something else yeah. that's the beauty of that shop but what I think is the beauty is that like suddenly you look at Cork and you look at, at that whole part of Ireland right and suddenly they're producing mozzarella yeah. they're producing cured meats it's like is Cork yeah, it is. becoming I, the Italy of Ireland I, I think like, uh, do you know beautiful what? coastline but I think like, it always was is this like I the think, secret thing I, where like I think Cork, well I don't think I know West Cork was is was, Cork the Bologna of Ireland yeah I think it is like, like they have the English market mm. they're like this is kind of a hot take yeah but like, is, is that what we're looking at? And like, like, you look at people like Amadeo down in uh, in, yeah. in Baltimore, mm. like that. That is just a stunning, stunning part of the world. I did two pop ups with him, and like each time, you know, you're done, you're having a beer outside, and you're just like, you yeah. could just die here. It's amazing. Baltimore in general, just as a town, it's it, yeah, it's amazing. It's yeah. yeah, it is, and there's beautiful little spots to go swimming as well. Oh. I love it, yeah. especially on a hot day like today. No, yeah. yeah. So okay, so to kind of get back to the the timeline mm. of uh, so. Then you came back, you worked in Le Creve, or uh, in I did, Le- yeah, Le- so, for a year. So I did that, and then, so I was I was finishing college, that was my final year. Yeah. Um, and then I said, you know what, I, uh, I actually, no, sorry, when I was in college my first year, I actually applied for a job in Chapter 1 when I was like 18. And I'd emailed, I got a response from Jessica Lewis, and she said, uh, yeah, come on in. You know, we come in and meet our head chef, Gareth. This is Gareth Byrne, mm. Burnsy. Um, and I went in the back door with my knives, ready to start. Bernsey's like, I've no job yet. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh no. <laughs> I was so gutted. I was actually I was so gutted. Yeah. So yeah, so it took a further nearly three and a half years to, to make a full circle. So I when I finished college, uh, I think I think it was like the twenty eighth of May was like our last day. We mm. all went out on a fucking lash and then I started on the Tuesday. So I started there and I was I was my first stint there for about a year and a half. But subsequently while I was working there, I found out I won a scholarship. So I won this thing called the David Gumbleton Scholarship. Mm. Uh, really, really amazing thing. So yeah. it was David Gumbleton was an Irish chef in New Zealand or a New Zealand chef in Ireland who died. So this scholarship was set up by Sheridan's okay. to send somebody to Australia every year. And actually the people who like Mark Moriarty's won it and John okay. Kelly oh, yeah, and brilliant. like you, you, everybody who's won it. I, I seen a thing in the Times a couple of years ago of like the list of people I was going 
how the hell did I make it onto that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like serious, serious talent. So mm. it was brilliant. Um, so yeah, so after my year and a half, I you know I said to Cahill Leonard, who's uh, mm. you know out in Pottinger. Yeah. I was like, Chef, Chef, uh, I'm after winning this scholarship, and I just remember him like, Oh no, <laughs> like you're gone now. <laughs> but uh, no, so so you know it was a great opportunity to go over. It was actually to go work in a restaurant called Tetsuya. Yeah. Okay. And at the time, Tetsuya was the best restaurant in Australia. But the week before I went, they had actually lost their third hat. They did the hat system over there. Yeah. Sydney Morning Herald hat system. It wouldn't be too dissimilar to Michelin, but you know, a three hat wouldn't be a three star. Yeah, yeah. And yeah sometimes yeah. it is. Anyway, yeah. So I went over there and I remember, geez, oh, I'm, I, I, I was like emailing the restaurants. Like I was going over there. I thought to be a stagiaire. Yeah. And as mm-hmm. you guys know, it means work for free. Mm-hmm. So my first email off them was like, okay, yeah, we're, we're waiting on you to start. I was like, okay. And then when I went, when I landed in Sydney, I had another email saying, come in straight away. Mm. Like, you know, you've done a 27 hour <laughs> yeah. journey. Anyway, luckily the hotel that I was staying in the first couple of days was next to, it was on yeah. Kent Street. So I said, I'll, I'll go up and I'll meet the, meet the chef. And it was a young guy, Luke something. I um, can't remember his surname. Lovely, lovely guy. But he, he was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you, you know, you're starting next week. And I was like, I literally just landed at like no apartment. And yeah. you know, I mm. kind of, I had in my head thinking, I need two weeks just to find an apartment, get yeah. sorted. Mm. And it turned out I had a job. I was gonna, I was gonna get paid. I was gonna be a chef de partie. And I was like, geez, I was, that's brilliant. I was yeah, really, yeah. really, really excited. So then he brought me around the restaurant. And as much as it was amazing, it was another place with like 60, 60 chefs, you know, tweezers and like everybody. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just kind of going, oh, it's not really what I wanted to be doing. Mm. Like, you know, I, places like Chapter One, why they're so magnificent is they're cooking. It's yeah. real food, it's approachable. It just, it's, it's, my mouth and my brain are in synergy. They love it. It's, I'm really happy. Yeah. Yeah. Places like that, you know, it's a, nearly a, like it's a concept. A, it's like a temple of gastronomy where everybody's yeah. like, shh, don't say anything because they might mm. tell You know, yeah. it's, you I hate scare the venison. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the is looking at me. Yeah. You know, it's uh, which, but by the way, I'm not. Ba- I'm not saying that bad about it because it is an amazing restaurant. It's, yeah. just, it's just where I was in my career. I was like, you know what? I kind of want to. I want to cook food. I don't want to be out the back picking fucking daisies all day. Yeah, like the amount of people I know, like you know, there was this always this thing of being like, they did a stage in Noma, and like oh a stage. Oh God, he picked flowers for twelve hours. No, but that's like literally <laughs> okay. So you went to Copenhagen on an unpaid internship, and all you did was like you know finger wood sorrel for like, <laughs> for like or like that's uh, not how I would put it, but yeah, or like you know you, 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 you've you've whispered to a mahogany clam yeah. for like you've read bedtime stories to a whelk. I know, but <laughs> you know it, it's it's what's important to you, right? And like mm-hmm. my my only advice, and every time I talk to young chefs, I kind of say, look, wherever wherever you want to work, think about where you're going to be in five years' time. Mm-hmm. So if you want to open a restaurant that picks fingers wood sorrel for 12 hours a day mm-hmm. then make sure you do it the best mm-hmm. pick the place stay there yep. learn for me I just think you know I knew in my head I wanted to go I wanted I wanted to end up cooking food that not only was delicious was high end but approachable and you know could be done in Ireland yeah that's the other thing like there's no point in opening a restaurant that's going to cost you you know two million to open and then you you don't make any money every yeah. every week and like your gp is like 70 percent food cost <laughs> yeah. like, oh my god what am i doing so yeah so so i actually got lucky the old sous chef in the fat duck a guy called graham glocklin yeah had just come back to, uh, to sydney and i think he was opening a restaurant 
part of a group called the Guillaume, Guillaume Brahimi group. Yeah, yeah. So Guillaume Benelong is the restaurant in the Opera House. It's not, it's not there anymore. It's gone. But at the time, it was two hat. I think it used to be three hat. Then it was two hat. Then it was three hat. But this guy Guillaume Brahimi used to be uh, Robichon's Joel Robichon's okay. sous chef back when Robichon was like a headbanger in the kitchen. Yeah. Mm. So I said I'll have a look. So I went into the day with Graham, and I was like, yeah. I like this. This is, this is like cooking, cooking. Mm. It was a bit mental. I'm not gonna lie to you. you. Know, there was. I remember there was a day I was like standing next to the guy on the sauce, and like he made a mistake. So your man Guillaume literally like grabbed him through the pass, <laughs> and I was a bit like you know the scene like saving Private Ryan. Somebody getting shot next to you, you're like put the helmet on, just keep your head down, <laughs> just keep your head down and say nothing. You know? um, come here. Actually, on that note, there's been a lot of talk recently about abuse in kitchens. There, and, yeah, yeah, and yeah, that's yeah, something that like yeah. you and I have talked about before, yeah. and kind of culture in kitchens. Yeah. And about, you know, there was a, a like, well-known British chefs who would kind of yeah. almost have, like, would would have, like, almost out-and-out out sadism, that, but masqueraded as, like, yeah. joking. And it's something that... Well, I think with, with my timeline, I'll get to my London experience. Okay. And I'll, I can kind of tell you what that was like. Okay, well, let's finish Australia then. Yeah. And let's hurry up and get to London. Well, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, Australia was good. I mean, look, I liked it, but you know what? After... You know, after I met, you know, whatever, what, what was the age? I was like 23. I think I went to Australia hoping to have a bit of an adventure and maybe mm -hmm. a change of pace or mm -hmm. a bit of both, maybe a bit, of, bit more life-work balance. And it didn't really happen. It was just, you know, I was working in the Opera House, so it was like, start at half eight, mm. we did lunch, then we did afternoon tea sometimes, then we did pre-theatre, then we did our dinner, and then we did post-theatre. Yeah. Wow. So you'd be like getting home at two, and three and then back in at eight and it's like an hour journey yeah so you know as much as I was like oh yeah I love this job it's just like no balance why am I in Australia like yeah, you know? yeah. Uh, so I ended up as I said I ended up taking a job in a cafe in Bondi for like maybe like a month or two mm. and actually that was probably harder than the uh, the opera house honestly <laughs> it was like starting chicken half, parm no but it was like starting at half four in the morning make your breads do your muffins do this do that then you got like the rush of people coming in looking for like food and breakfast yeah and then just when you think you know you've you've changed your underwear you're like oh my god here's the lunch crowd again I said oh my god so you were like starting half four and finishing like half seven in the evening yeah yeah um so then I was like oh my god so so this is com a complete u-turn uh, myself and uh, <coughs> my ex said right we're, we're gonna we're gonna get our second year visa mm -hmm. okay and we were like right how we do it we we're like right do we do pearling do we do fishing do we do or farming and all this kind of stuff and like I was like you know what I don't fancy working you know 12 hours a day for $50 so I was like right the Northern Territory if we go up to the Northern Territory we do any job mm. we can end up getting our second year visa so her old man uh, had a construction company in Dublin so he did me up a dodgy CV essentially <laughs> that said I was a trade assistant. Oh yeah. So I went up and like I'm I'm a very tenacious person. If I need if I want to do something, I'm going to do it. So I uh, was like, right, I'm going to go to every single construction site in Darwin. That's where where we were living. Yeah. Till I get a job. Mm. And like literally eleven days, getting the bus, going at like five o'clock in the morning, just being there when they started, just going out. How you doing? Looking for a job. Da 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 da. And on my last day, I got a job. So anyway, I said oh started in a construction site and um, I was with a, a, a Liverpool guy called Barry Maguire <laughs> <laughs> you know, of course Barry a big red haired fella so Barry and myself were like we were, we were kind of we were doing a demolition job out in the middle of nowhere and then all of a sudden they said look we're actually building um, a detention centre for you know like illegal immigrants in Australia you know they're very yeah. kind of strict but yeah. in fairness they have they do it in a way where they're not just like throwing them in jail they built this like mm. nearly like a summer camp place for them mm. so we were there building it and uh, 
Yeah, within about three days, the the site foreman was driving me home one day, and he's like, "This is a site with a thousand people. Don't know how he picked up on me." <laughs> yeah. And he's like, eh, "Can I can I ask you a question here?" I'm like, uh, "Yeah." Have you ever actually worked on a construction site? I'm like, <laughs> no. <laughs> He's like, what did you do in Ireland? I told him. And then after that, I was basically their chef for, for two months. No way. Brilliant. Yeah, so what, basically you kind of wrangled your way into a place in Darwin, working, building this place. Yeah. Um, probably, you know, trying to tweeze little bits of concrete onto, <laughs> <laughs> onto a yeah, brick. Yeah, this yeah. guy's not been on site well, before. Uh, no, I, I, think, I think it was like, you know, they would ask you to do stuff. And I'm like going to people like, how does this work? <laughs> yeah. What is this? That's called? a hammer. Like, yeah. <laughs> instead of a trowel, you're using an offset spatula. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ah, but look, you know, you're 24. It was a bit of crack, and actually, yeah, it was really, really fun. And it was like, so what? You basically ended up cooking I, for a thousand lads. In no, the no, because the way it, the way it was, because uh, places like that, it's all subcontractors and yeah. different companies. But the company I was working for was called Sunbuild. So they kind of they were just like, okay, because you know, in Australia, they've got you got smoke out. Yeah, <laughs> smoke is their break. Yeah. And yeah. I must have had like three fucking smoke a day, and <laughs> literally the hour before I start repping then I'd cook yeah. then like they'd, Eric go up on a scissors lift there for an hour pretend you're working <laughs> come back get ready for the other smoke out it's fantastic <laughs> really great like a private chef for them for like three months two months great. right okay and at what point did you go okay I'm done with this um, time to go from literally cooking eggs on a smoke out to being in the, the fat duck the, 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 <laughs> the, 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 the second it was like you've done your 88 days it was yeah. like and I am gonzo and then we just and then we just kind of travelled around Southeast Asia and it was yeah. good you know Having things you do when you're you know yeah. when you, you have, have youth on your when side when you have to do these things especially when you know like there's nothing worse than doing this job and then resenting it yeah. mm. it's great to do it and love it and then have the time and the breaks and all that kind of stuff it's very important for your not just your body but for your own mental health to be honest yeah, yeah. definitely so it was Australia to London so no it was Australia back to Dublin mm. you know Bang Cafe yeah yeah, yeah I worked in I worked in Bang for about a year after that okay. yeah. so actually Paul McNamara who's um, Una Mass yeah, yeah. Um, and um, it, that's, that's Joe Barrett's place um, mm. so Paul rang me he was like look uh he used to call me uh, we had, uh, had a nickname in in, uh, in chapter one that just got like everybody would be like how are you future yeah. <laughs> what were you in Migos or something I don't know <laughs> so, so Paul he was like, yeah, you know, he, so he asked me to come back um, he asked me look I'm, I need a dig out basically yeah. do you want to come to work on bank so I did that for a year and then um, about a year later I got a, a phone call from Ross to say look would you be interested in coming back as a sous chef da 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 mm. yeah okay yeah so I said it was in my brain to do London. I always had it, and I was yeah. kind of getting to the stage where I was maybe like I was 20, 25, 26, you know, and it was like, if I don't do it, I won't do it. Yeah. So when I went back to the chapter one, I, I did say to her, I said, look, I do want to go to London. And he said, yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, and it was a great head chef, Andy Turner. Um, amazing, amazing guy. Like, he's like the big friendly giant. He's huge, big Andy Turner. <laughs> but he was amazing. And I, and I you know, and he, he listened to stories about him when he worked in London, and he worked for Marco, like he worked for yeah. serious people. It just kind of gave me that right. I'm going to do it. So, so that's yeah. I just said, look, I'm going to go, and I think uh, I think Ross always knew in his head like I was going to go, and mm. and then you come back, yeah, yeah, and, go, and you go and come back. It's always yeah. like yeah, yeah, yeah. So extending the leash. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the plan was to go for a year. Yeah. So um, I got I got a present of uh, the cookbook from the square. Yeah. So yeah. Phil Howard. And I was just looking at it, I was like, that's that's what I like. That's my food. That's what I love. It's real cooking. There's no tweezers and water baths and like, mm. you know, mm. fermented for 17 years and then <laughs> grated over, you know. It was just real food. It was it was just real cooking. So, packed up everything, went by myself um, and it just was a bit scary. I had booked, a, I think I booked a, like a, an Airbnb for eight days and in the eight days I said, I need to get my job. 
Yeah. I need to get my apartment sorted. So I was under serious pressure. So on a day three, I went, did a trial. Like like anybody who goes to London, it's very easy to get a trial in many mm. restaurants. Yeah. Because, you know, as much as you think London is like going to be full of competition, that everybody's struggling. Yeah. Mm. So I had a couple of trials, but I, the only trial was really, really like, I really want to go here. What's the square? So I went in and did my trial, loved it. But I was also like, this place is completely different. This is like yeah. mad. Like, yeah. This is like Vietnam. Oh my God. <laughs> mm. So I said, yeah, go on, I'll do it for a year. And I was there for three years. Yeah. And it was kind of insane. Like, and this goes back to, you know, how you want to run your kitchen and how you see the industry. Places like that. Now, it's no longer there. Um, and it is amazing to work there, but it's just, yeah, it's a, it's, it, it was a tough environment. Like, it really, really was. You mm. know, you start at, you know, you start at the very, very start and then you're there to the very, very end. It was mm. just a long, long day. It was one of those where, like, yeah. if you're in it, you're in it. You're just yeah. in it. Yeah. yeah. And, and most of the guys and a few girls, like, there actually was, and Jesus, there were some serious hardcore girls. Yeah. Like, they, yeah. they'd run rings around the lads. So yeah. They were brilliant. They really were. Um, you know, it was guys and girls who I, I doing nothing else with the rest of my life for yeah. the next two or three years. I'm just here. And I mean, look, it is a hardcore way of doing it. But, you know, you do look at people who've who've left places like that. They're all, you know, it, it, unfortunately, hospitality, the reality is, I'm sure you know yourself, Owen, uh, you know, antisocial. It's not easy. It's, no. You know, it, it's bloody, you know, it's, it's yep. pe people assume that you just open something. And yeah, suddenly and it works. And they're like. Oh, sure, the bar's packed. You must be making millions. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. No, like, like do you know, how much it like how much it cost to open something? Sure. My, like, my brother has a bar restaurant in San Francisco, and it's the same thing. Like, you know, Shane would be finance. Mm -hmm. Right, Shane is really into like you know, he was a suit and a tie, and then kind of got sucked into it. There is something magical about our industry. You know, you do get into it. You don't realize how infectious and how amazing it is, but. You know, if you've trained hard, you'll fight easy, you know. Mm. So if you work in these top places and just kind of learn your craft, suck mm. it up, when you have your own place, you can kind of go, right, well, the alarm went off at four o'clock in the morning. Like, oh, that's the actual, that's the unglamorous bit. But yeah. this is the hard bit and, you know, finding mm. staff and so on and so mm. on and so on. So mm. that's, that's why I think going to places like that are kind of... Mm. Yeah. So how would the environment different then from, say, the square to, like, when you r arrive back to Chapter 1? Well, like, you know, in, f in fairness to, to Chapter One, it's always been a place where, you know, we 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 want we want staff to stay. Mm. You know, we, we want people to come in the morning and go, I love my job, I'm happy. Yeah. So if you're coming in screaming at everybody, you know, unfortunately, you know, like f when I when I, what I saw in London, it just it, I don't know, it nearly becomes like, I oh, sure that's normal, isn't it? Yeah. It's mm. not normal. I no. know I don't want to speak about any chefs, like, because you know our industry needs positive news. It doesn't yeah. need yeah. people, you know. I always think that you know I was bullied as a kid you know yeah. when you're fat you're bullied we were called the Fat Shoes Brothers it was not not a nice place to be but you know you know how you stop bullying by you stopping the bullying and you break the chain yeah. yeah. so by breaking the chain and you know fairness to Ross there's never been anything like that he's a gentleman mm. and I think you know by leading by example it's a great thing you know yeah yeah yeah, um, yeah. yeah. And kind of leading on to that, your time in Chapter One was like probably what it's this enormously formative time. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, I was there on and off for whew, ten years. No, I'd say like nine and a bit, but it sounds mm. better to say ten. Um, yeah, I mean, it's one of those places I clearly loved it. You know, yeah. I was back and forth. It was like you know, it's one of those, it's one of those restaurants that you, you're proud to be in. You're so you know, you're proud of the staff. You love the history. You know, the building itself is amazing. It's, amazing. it's just amazing. Mm. It really, really is. 
Um, I think now their their next chapter is going to be even better. I really do. I think you know it's going to be one of those restaurants that people are literally going to fly in, eat, mm. and maybe fly out. Do you think it could be Ireland's first three star? Do you know what? I don't believe in any of that shit. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think it's all speculative. It's all. Mm-hmm. You know, I think if anybody wants to own or open a restaurant to be three star and that's your main goal, Makes you know, that's a level of self hatred. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, it's a business that I think, you know, and it's it's been run as a business mm. very successfully for the last twenty eight years. Yeah, and I think when you go into these uh, kind of things to say that's what we're doing and it's going to be brilliant, you kind of shoot yourself in the foot. Mm. If you're going to do it, you just be quiet. You be humble about it. You just get the job done, and. Let's be honest, Mick, there's no better man. Like, you know, (laughs) honest to God, he, and I've said it for years, I'll say it again, he's probably the best cook on the island. Yeah. 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 And even just looking at uh, at his output at the moment yeah, and what he's yeah. doing and talking yeah. talking to staff in there, the stuff that he's putting yeah. out. It's the serious not only investment of time, money, energy, it's yeah, I think I think for Mick now that's that's gonna be that's going to be him now for the mm. next decade. Mm-hmm. Mm. So moving away from chapter one yes. and moving on to the future. Yes. Uh, we got to ask. Yeah. We've got to ask. Are the rumours true? Is Eric Matthews working hard on stuff behind the scenes? What's yeah. going on? Yes, I am very much looking forward to... Uh, obviously, I ca- I, nothing is set in stone yet, but yeah, hopefully in the next yeah, couple of yeah. months, we might have a Shea Eric somewhere. My okay. own, my own okay. little, yeah. It's a project that's close to my heart. Um, you know, it's something that I've always wanted for a very long time. There's a nice story behind it. Um, yeah, it's it'll be emotional when, when we get it over the line. Mm. Yeah. Um, and it's going to be something that, you know, hopefully I'll have for the rest of my life and I'll be Brilliant. proud of it. Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah. Do you know what? I think that it, it, as cliched as it is that, you know, every departure is a new is a new start to something else. Absolutely. And, everything like yeah. that. and I think obviously you were such a part and parcel of the fabric of chapter one. And I yeah, think yeah. you know, like even whenever someone mentioned you it's always head chef of chapter one, yeah. mm-hmm. Eric Matthews. Like I think that, you know, like anything else, you came to a point where now you can depart that and like you can yeah. now you have all of this experience and weight behind mm. you Absolutely. that I you can do something it's the next chapter incredible I mean you know the thing is you know it was great it was very good for me and you know I'm so grateful to have so many amazing experiences with everybody in there but I think you know now it's time for me to be me mm. yeah and mm. I'm really and you know Kira as well like you know we're getting married you know, we, we hopefully will have a family soon one day. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm looking forward to build on that and build, yeah, yeah. build something really amazing. Yeah, yeah. and I'll even invite us to the opening night, lads. There we go. What you're going to say to the wedding? You're looking for a DJ or Kira did. Kira actually did mention that to me at one point. Like, Shane could get Marcus to come over and DJ. Like, we couldn't afford him. He was too expensive. Talk about it after the recording. Yeah, So yeah, that's really exciting. Yeah, no, it is. That's massive. We're just going to do a quick cross promo yeah. right okay, now, if yeah. that's okay, um, for the wonderful uh, Headstuff Plus program. Do you, Chris, do you want to kick this off? Yeah, it's great to be back in the Headstuff Plus, well, the Headstuff studio. And uh, as always, we are available from everywhere you would normally get your podcasts. And of course, Headstuff Podcast. We are part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. And if you would like to support us, you can now do that through Headstuff Plus. So signing up to Headstuff Plus community not only helps your favourite Irish creators do more of what they do best, but you also get a mountain of bonus content for every show on the network, regardless of which show you support. So jump on and help us with like the price of a coffee or the price of a pint and support us through Headstuff Plus while receiving some bonus content so also on the Headstuff Plus uh, on the Headstuff Podcast Network is loads of other great shows and this week's cross promo for the network is basically with Stephanie Preisner this is the trailer my name is Stephanie Preisner and my podcast is called Basically and 
Basically, it makes complex things basic. Are you confused by health insurance? Are you confused by getting a mortgage? Are you confused about how to sort out your personal finances? Any of the things that confuse you, I can make basic for you. We've had guests like Luke O'Neill, Harry Barry, Mary Lou MacDonald, Roz Purcell, and on Taoiseach, Michal Martin. It's hard for me to promote the podcast because it really is what you want me to explain. So tune in and I hope you like it. At the start of the show, we mentioned our local fresh and tasty sponsor, Hop House 13. So in the section of the podcast, we're going to ask you, Eric, what's hopping? So we want to celebrate some of the most vibrant and local food that Ireland has to offer. So I know you've been traveling around a bit. It's summer. You've been about. Tell us what you're excited about. Maybe an amazing outdoor dining experience you've had recently, a new launch or something you've been working on. We've talked a little bit about yeah, yeah, yeah. the prospective share, Eric, in the future. But, you know, tell us what uh, what you think is happening. And remember, always drink responsibly. Yes, Go for it. Mm-hmm. Actually, right, there's a couple of things and I'm go- obviously going to be um, uh, plugging uh, myself yeah. here. Taste of Dublin. Yes. yes. It's back, baby. It's back, baby. Yeah. 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 So, uh, yeah, so I, I'm, I'm delighted to be uh, having a little pop at Taste of Dublin this year. going to be really, really fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I have think uh, I don't know whether I can say what day I'm on yet they might give out to me what are you yeah. doing are you on stage yeah I'm on the main stage yeah. and I have no idea what I'm going to be doing I'm trying <laughs> to I'm obviously I was kind of saying to the organisers might pull my missus on stage yeah I think that'd be kind of fun yeah uh, yeah. I think Dee Laffin and uh, Ali Dunwood are hosting as Brilliant. well Brilliant. Mm-hmm. so they're good crack so I wouldn't mind having three women absolutely vaping yeah, yeah, into yeah. me get um, them all yeah. involved yeah yeah so that's really fun and let's be honest lads it's one of those kind of things that it's it's embedded in Dublin. We love mm-hmm. it. I know mm-hmm. it's just a, it's a fantastic. It used to be just a weekend, but it's actually from the first to the fifth. Five days. Wednesday. You know starting it's this a, year. It's yeah, Wednesday. Same, it's the same weekend that like your picnic is usually on. Yeah. And this is basically our picnic. It's it a, is. Yeah. It's yeah. our yeah. picnic. picnic. Mm-hmm. It's basically like actual picnic. It's, <laughs> yeah. And it sounds really cool because it's going to be a bit smaller, obviously, yeah. socially distant, all that kind of stuff. Um, I think there's only one stage so it's going to basically just you know every way it was always kind of like everybody's kind of like spread out and yeah, having the yeah, crack yeah, yeah. I think it's going to be a little bit kind of more intimate mm-hmm. but kind of spaced out if that makes any sense yeah, so yeah, Taste absolutely. of Dublin is hopping that's what, hopping um, what else we got do you know what I was lucky enough to go to Mount Juliet actually a couple of weeks ago and I haven't been to the Lady Helen restaurant yet and I went I think that was that. Uh, in my opinion, John Kelly is an absolute legend. Yeah, I also John Kelly used to be in the Marion. Or he was I in Gibo's for five years. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a, that's a, that's some achievement. Yeah. Like. <laughs> um, but it, no, his food, honest to God, I think I wouldn't say it's underrated because it's not. But it's one of those places that I think could get two stars. Really? Yeah, his food is brilliant. It really, really was. It was really clean, really clever, great mm. flavors. Uh, obviously I know John uh, a bit so he just laid it on thick and fast so it was like it was one of those meals where Kieran and myself were like oh my god <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, it was stunning yeah. Yeah. and all the way even the three we had three desserts that were just like mm. my god amazing it was world class and yeah, we talked about class. this off air beforehand you were just saying Mount Julia just in general yeah, incredible I, I just think it is I mean look you know it's one of those there's actually I need to give a shout out to um, to Des Des is their uh, guest relations manager right he's he's retiring this year I think he's 72 he is just the most charming, lovely man you've ever met in your life. And they do this thing every day at five o'clock where they give you the history of the house. So I've been twice in the summer. Mm. So it's nice when you're sitting there, but apparently in the winter when it's really cold, they set the fire up and it's just pints of Guinness and he just yeah. tells you the whole history. For me, that's brilliant. I think everybody should try it once once, uh, once in their life at least because it's amazing. In terms of food trucks, I actually went to... Um, I went to the Cliff House actually because my missus is she's a Daisha woman. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so we just kind of had a nice little walk, and actually they were doing uh, they were doing like a little kind of uh, what are they called a silver stream, you know, airstream, the, airstream oh, yeah, 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 yeah. outside the front of the hotel. And my God, this lobster roll was like, what was it? What was it called? 
I can't remember. No, I think it was just the hotels. Okay. Well, the whole cliff range the, in general. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? But, but yeah. you know, like it was like I think it was twelve euro, and it was a lobster roll, absolutely full of of lobster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, that's amazing, and like, and that's that's a lovely little thing. Haven't done that much traveling around. Uh, obviously, I obviously I was lucky enough to do a, a, the Orti kind of kind of mini series on the player called Battle of the Food, food Trucks. trucks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and you know what? That was really really fun. Now we did it in three days. It looks like it was done in like six weeks, but it was a kind of a grueling three day. Yeah. Get it all filmed. Looked in, looks incredible. The whole setup behind it. it, like. it do, now obviously I can't see it because you know still live. It's still going. <laughs> um, but no, yeah, the challenges were really really interesting. Mm. Um, you know, you know who the competitors are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, yeah, some great was, chefs in there as well. And yeah, some great, great tri- field trucks in general. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, Gina Daly and Carol, like, they're brilliant, really, really funny. And then, of course, the host who yeah. hosts the most, James Patrice. You know what? He he was actually such a pleasure to work with. He's yeah. such a professional guy. He's a lovely guy. He lovely had guy. me in absolute mm. stitches. I had, I had a knock on the door on Monday there from Malahide Woman. Oh. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah, you're with him. Yeah, I, I did. A, I did a live thing with him the night before. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Brilliant. Oh man, he just ripped the absolute mick out of me. And just comes alive. It's at the end of it, he says to me, "Now you have to sing me a song as you're the guest." I was like, "You bastard!" <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. But uh, yeah, no, absolutely brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Is TV something you'd like to go down a little bit more? Um, do, do you know what? I, I I enjoy it. I think look, it's a bit of crack, and you know, life is all about having fun. Yeah. I say, why not? Not no. So yeah, yeah I don't yeah. mind. I am obviously focused on, you know, my, my own project. Yeah, like I yeah, really, yeah. really want to get this going. Mm-hmm. I'm really, really excited. I have a few other little things kind of on the go that are that are really cool, really fun, and you know, and there are things that keep me interested. And if one of them was TV. Why not? Be a bit yeah, of if crack. It happens, it happens. It'd be a bit of crack. Absolutely. Why not? Well, yeah. you're made for it. I'll tell you that much. Yeah. Thank you very much. I appreciate really it. Really are. Really so, are. So, kind of that's uh, that's been the that's happened section. So mm. we've had some amazing things, and kind of we've learned so much about you, um, and your trajectory of everything from you know cafes in Bondi to working, yeah. uh, basically cooking eggs on a smoko yeah. to being the head chef of uh, Ireland's one of Ireland's top and a best legendary restaurants, yeah. and hearing about what you have in in, a, in future. But let's talk about kind of other places in Ireland yeah. that you love. Favourite restaurants to visit in Ireland. If you could just click your fingers and be anywhere to just eat an amazing thing, what, what, what would it be? I've got a few. Um, I'm sure you do. <coughs> we love this. We love this. And so does yeah. everyone else. Like, yeah. I mean, look, let's let's be honest. You know, as I said, I'm a dead day in Baltimore. Mm. If I could go mm. there right now, yeah, I'd be there right now. Um, and there is is always amazing. JP mm-hmm. is a legend. Yeah, yeah. haven't yeah. actually been to Loam. I'd love to try Loam. I'd love yeah. to try Loam. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, amazing chefs have come out of there. Yeah, mm. yeah. Uh, Dean's in Belfast. Alex Green's a legend, I and mean, that's really really interesting. Yeah, I mean, but it's not all just about Michelin star restaurants. I mean, for me, and you'd swear I have a feckin' sto- uh, have stock in this place. The moorings in Dungarvan. I always have to give them a shout out. Yeah, mm. yeah. Marie Quinn, who owns the place, is an absolute legend. She's invested so much time and energy to make the place as good as it is. They are the best seafood chowder in the world. Bar no statement. exceptions. There's a statement. Bar no yeah. exceptions. Thanks, Marie. I'll take the money later. Yeah. <laughs> um, I love that place. And, it, you know, again, it's it goes back to, like, going to somewhere and the kind of mm. vibe. I think in terms of, you know, there's so many. Obviously, let's talk about Grania. Grania O'Keefe, I cannot wait oh, to so go to excited. that restaurant. I'm honest so excited. Yeah. Honest yeah. to God. Like, yeah. She is about as good as it gets. She's top of her game. Yeah. She's amazing. She's a legend. Do you know what's incredible about Grania as well? That every time I think she's at the top of her game, she only goes and gets better. I know, mm-hmm. yeah. Which, and like, I, I was, I had a, a couple of beers with her recently and just like how singularly focused she is mm. on just doing something amazing. Yeah. yeah. Is, 
and there's not somebody there's no chef in the country who will say otherwise no no and I think that's yeah. that's it, amazing it, 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 no, makes, like, it, it makes all of us go I need to be better well like the mm, fact that know? she's not only doing this and opening her own restaurant but yeah. she's also the culinary director of, of Bujo yeah. yeah. we, yeah. we, yeah, yeah, yeah. we both had we both burger had. clubs yeah. Mm. yeah she gave me the tour the other day of the new facility up in uh, Junction 6 there across Amazing, Blanche Town. it's yeah. actually insane her and uh, yeah, Michael Michael, Michael's, Michael yeah, the two of them are like two of them are so passionate about what they do and just and then the sustainability focus on yeah, it like yeah. when they're showing me like the different bits of the container that were off cuts and they'd made into something new yeah, and yeah. just like you know the stuff that you don't like the doors from the containers that came off so they could put different bits and bobs on them and then yeah. they use all the doors as a wall and it's a sliding door and it's like magic it's yeah, like yeah. Even, from, even as a chef kind of nerdy mm. chef uh, like, yeah. like tech geek yeah. like even the way everything is integrated all their kind of like IT systems for HACCP and like storage yeah, 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 and yeah, deliveries yeah. you're like it's very progressive, very forward thinking, and mm. actually because it's sustainable, no paper trail, all that kind of stuff. Like it's yeah, really, yeah. really clever. Like mm. yeah. Michael, and Gro- Michael and Grony are brilliant. Yeah, well, let's look forward to the the new restaurants of Dublin. The next, uh, yeah. hopefully, in the next twelve months, we'll have May um, and Shayer. Well, let's let's <laughs> talk about that because you know, like the pandemic's been a bit of a funny one, right? Obviously, yeah. everybody who might have had plans, like any, you know, even like Coon Green. Let's talk about him. He, like, yeah. Again. Almost amazing, amazing guy. Yeah, I yeah. love mm-hmm. it. I, lo- I just love him, to be honest with you. He's such a softly spoken, like kind of quiet guy. But my God, his food is very focused, very big on like laser focused. Very, of, yeah. So almost like not Irish in the way it's. No, like, it's, I think it's Irish Nordic. Food, it's very Nordic. Nordic, Japanese, like yeah. that kind of like everything yeah. is exactly what it is. There's Absolutely. No yeah. So think about that. So think about obviously once the doors are open to so many people, I think we're going to end up. You know, we're going to end up with another food revolution. In my opinion, you're going to have so many people who are just going to be straight out the blocks, dying to just get going again. Yeah. And I think, you know, I think the the kind of there be there will be a bit of a glut of places opening, and it'd be obviously unfortunately to be places that won't reopen because yeah. of everything that's happened. But I think it will only make what is still around better. Absolutely. You know, I so. think that you know the last eighteen months has um, opened the door to the next generation of great Irish chefs. Yeah, and I think. Has. I, I think like there's an enormous privilege that I feel knowing so many of them and kind of like yeah. as somebody who loves cooking and works in food and hospitality seeing people constantly work together yeah. and shout each other out and actually re- the respect that's there there's none of this like kind of backwards rivalry and everything like that it's yeah, like people yeah, actually yeah. just want the best yeah. for everyone because oh, the real absolutely. winner is like it's not an individual it's Irish food it's, and it's, d- it's Dublin it's Cork it's wherever wherever it is who, wherever town city ends up with a chef like Coon or like Grania mm-hmm. or like, like you know you can name Kieran so many Sweeney up and like Jesus mm. sorry yeah. I mean he he is honestly one of the best cooks in the island oh, as well ridiculous like he's, he is not only I was out with him like we were both absolutely hammered and he's, he's like he's just, he's just going to me I like you because you like to cook <laughs> like, isn't that like almost kind of like playgroundy friendship where oh, it's like I, I like it. you because you like Legos <laughs> oh, but he just yeah he's one of these guys he just lives breathes eats food hospitality yeah, well, I, yeah, everyone he, eats food oh I love it I love it I love it, I love it, I love it, I love it. right Jeez. so we like to finish up with uh, we like to finish up with a little question we ask all our guests and uh, I gotta let Marcus take this one away so first episode of season 2 what a buzz I haven't said these words in this tone in a long time but basically we were uh, we were enjoying some refreshing pints of Hop S13 one night and we were talking about the idea of the death row meal and we decided that the, uh, the death row meal thing is really rinsed and Chris just goes, Marcus, I need you to say something. And I was like, what do you need me to say? He's like, the devil's dessert. Uh, <laughs> and, that, and the devil's dessert was born from that so moment. So basically, the idea is, if the devil himself came down or came up, I don't know where he's yeah, coming from. Yeah. And I was like, Eric Matthews, you have one meal left. You have one meal 
what is it where are you having it who are you having it with what is on that plate where what, what are you looking at what does the air smell like what's the mm. table dressing your flowers mm. what's your devil's yeah, dessert I got it the devil's okay but he's not he's not he's not fully a jerk he's, there's no restrictions on this meal okay you know you can go do I, live, do I have to live in hell after or can I just like oh, it's just a taste we'll, of we'll worry about that bit later okay yeah. <laughs> you know what I, I have thought about this right because as you said it's a it's not just like your meal mm. obviously if you're in death row it'd be a bit kind of crap because you're like <laughs> yeah. let's be honest it's never going to be that good yeah no uh, what's that movie with Jared Butler uh, where he's in jail and he uses the uh, it's going to be biblical yeah do law abiding citizen yeah where he uses like the T-bone to kill your man oh yeah <laughs> it's, like, it's like that's right. just that word is it, is it Forrest Whitaker and he just, he just looks at me and he goes it's going to be biblical <laughs> oh, oh terrible anyway so yes I would have I actually write I'd have my starter myself and Kira went to an island called Ischia okay like our first holiday away and and I remember we were coming from my dad lived in Sweden so we were coming from I think we flew from Gothenburg because we whatever yeah. way we booked our flights so we flew into Naples then we had to get a ferry then it was a taxi then it was da 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 and we were bollocks mm. and we got to the hotel and we were like we were starving it's 11 o'clock so we ended up walking down this immaculate beach mm-hmm. beautiful and there's some little old granny literally cigarette hanging out of her mouth with a rolling pin you could, it was like a postcard yeah. of Italy and I just said to Kira I was like this is the one that's where we're going yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Spaghetti vongole right oh, on the beach. Yeah, glass of white. I was just, I, I, and I, I asked, I asked the daughter of the of, of the, the the old Nona because she fucking no English. Mm. Yeah, I said, you know, what's the secret? She said every morning she goes out, she gets the seawater mm. to cook her pasta. Yeah, she was cooking the oh, cooking wow. the pasta in the seawater. So you're getting that saltiness from the water oh. and the clams then as well. I mean, look, it was a mixture of things, you know, mm. tiredness and hunger. That was that's my starter. I want that for the rest of my life. Okay. Main course. As you can tell, I've been very lucky to travel and eat. And mm. but I think my favorite my favorite moment of a main course has to be in Arpege in Paris. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So oh. it gets even better. I'm eating my main course, which is a chicken. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like the gr- honestly, the best tasting chicken I've ever eaten. So I'm eating the thing, you know, chicken. It was like chicken, drizzle artichoke a jus, a roasted onion, and something. And that was it, that was the main course. It was very simple, but it was amazing. Alain Passard is like massaging my shoulders as I'm eating You're it. Joking. And he's just coming up behind me going, you like the poulet? <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, this is like. That is the most, that was the, it was the most sexual experience of my life. Alain Passard. Alain Passard like massaging the, me. The most softly spoken. Oh he's like, you must maintain the fire with a certain amount of yeah. love. Like, oh, like, it was just, it was magnificent. So what, he was actually giving you a little back rub. As, as we were, so we were, I'd give you another little story. I don't know if I keep waffling on here. We were, we went to Musée d'Orsay, right? So yeah. we went there in the morning. Love it, Love it. Yeah. So we were just strolling around, you know, as, as it tends to happen with Kieran and myself, we'll go for a glass of something. So we're having a glass of champagne. We're sitting outside. We're like, what time is lunch at? Quarter past 12. Okay, grand. Quarter to 12. Ah, uh, yeah, we'd be fine. We're like five to 12. We're like, we need to go. So we in a taxi, we hit traffic. I'm like, oh, as, no, it's Paris. You'll oh, always hit no. traffic. So I ring them in like my terrible French, you know, oh, I'm really sorry. I'm going to be late. Da, 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 da. As we get there, Kira's wearing this trench coat because it's like, she looks like Dick Tracy. Like, <laughs> and, and as she's walking into the restaurant, she kind of catches her trench coat with her foot and is going face first into Arpege. The door opens again. Alain Passard catches her. 
And he's like, I have you, I have you. <laughs> like, what is going on? So that was I amazing. Mean, are you saying that Alan Bassard could actually be a superhero? Like, oh, <laughs> probably, yeah. I love him. Amazing. <laughs> so that's, so that's, my, that's my starter. That's my, my main, my dessert. Dessert. It, just in the main, is Alan Bassard giving you a back rub? Yes. Okay. So right. you can picture that. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. I'm naked. No, I'm joking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's something new now. We've we haven't had any back rubs in, in our devil's desserts yet. Oh, it, just, it just made it because <laughs> I did. Just reflects badly on because I couldn't. Else, to be well, I couldn't see him. It's just all of a sudden somebody's massaging me, and mm. I'm thinking like, who the hell is? And I look over. Oh my god, it's Alan Bazaar. <laughs> um, dessert. Yeah, desserts. You know what? I'm. Anytime I go to fancy restaurants, I'm always a cheese man, but I do like to try the desserts. So I think. What was my favorite dessert? I mean, let's be honest, stand pastry. Anything stand us. Yeah. Uh, let's just call a spade a spade. I've eaten so many delicious desserts all over the world, but every single thing that man makes yeah. is just sex on legs. I think there's probably, there isn't any one chef in Ireland who's been shouted out on this podcast more than no. Stan. Stan's yeah. the best pastry I, chef on, on, on this island. Yeah. End of story. He's another level. And it's he really, is. if you don't follow Stan Pastry, like, he deserved to be shot. <laughs> <laughs> but his understanding of the basics, uh, you know. Yeah. But so, like, remember, Stan, Stan is self-taught. Yeah, but that's the that's Do you the know Stan's thing. backstory? No. Stan came into chapter one, um, and he ended up developing a fish allergy. So he had done the rounds, and he was going on the fish section. Yeah. Um, mm. Now, he can correct me if I'm a bit wrong, but he, he was going on the fish section, and all of a sudden, he got a really bad fish allergy. Like, if I... If, like, when we, make, when we were making Star Food, you might put a little bit of fish sauce in, but you wouldn't for him, because he'd be... Oh, he'd be like yeah, anaphylactic yeah. job. Oh, he he bad, yeah. So okay. so he was kind of given two options: find a new career, or you can go on pastry. Yeah, 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 yeah. So like Stan is, Stan has only progressed through his own self exploration, mm-hmm. books, YouTube courses, massive hard work. Um, like yeah. his level of skill mm. and technique, like it's that's that's really that's serious mm. serious it's talent. It's craft. Mm. So yeah. yeah. I, I kind of always consider Stan's kind of Stan. signature anything is the milfoy but that man mm-hmm. oh, can yeah. milfoy anything <laughs> I mean like, that that's his that is Stan's signature his puff pastry his puff pastry yeah. it's like it, it, it's just lacquered layered you know and I think beautiful what, what I love about Stan is you know you know when you're young and I'm the same when you're coming up with a dish it's like anything you you, you think you know I'll, I'll do this and then I'll do that and then obviously you get older and go actually I don't need that and I don't need this and yeah, I don't yeah, need yeah, that yeah. it's like right why can't I just have four things on a plate Stan is at a point where it's like it's it's it could be one thing on the plate, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and you just go, yeah. <laughs> this is the best plum that's God, ever been. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. So yeah. So <laughs> dessert is just Stan doing something. Yeah. Maybe mm. him and Alan Passard one shoulder each. <laughs> yeah. I'm almost at the station. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you like the buff pastry? Oh yeah. Eric Matthews, thank you very much. Uh, Brilliant. My, no, it's my pleasure. Thanks so much for having this me on. This has been an absolute joy, and uh, thank you very much for kicking off. Season two, episode my pleasure. one with Absolutely. us. Absolutely, so delighted. Um, this has been great, Chris. Thank you very much for being co-hostest with the mostest. Brilliant. Um, and thank you to the lovely listener, all of you, all of you with your ears and your your enthusiasm for food, for listening to us today. Uh, we're back next week with more tales and adventures of the Irish culinary landscape. And thank you to our wonderful sponsors, the legends at Hop House Thirteen. They're what's hopping, and where that's banging. Get the facts. Be drink aware. Visit drinkaware.ie. This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network, a hub for the creative and the curious. Shows are produced in association with Headstuff and the Podcast Studios Dublin. Find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com.